Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Members of the jury, his name was George Perry Floyd Jr. The defendant is presumed innocent of the charges made. He is guilty of second-degree manslaughter. You've got to get more Maxine Waters entitled to her opinion, and I respect that. Leaders calling on violence. That happens in third-world nations. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, and Benny is back. I'm back. Tax season uh, is still with us for another month for the extension that the IRS made, but uh, he's taking a respite from work to come to work. (laughs) (laughs) Benny and Clark and Tom, and today is the first day we're actually on Cable 7. So if you uh, want to watch us on the tube, we are on uh, Cable 7 on the Suddenlink uh, channels. The uh, Gaston Gazette gave kudos to Gastonia's and ECU's, one of ECU's favorite sons. Uh, The Gastonia native Harold Varner III, Harold finished 15 under this past weekend at Hilton Head's Harbortown Golf Links and uh, took home a nice paycheck, left Hilton Head with 631,900 smackaroonies in his pocket as a result of his performance. Um, five under the first round, three under on uh, Friday, two under Saturday, five under yesterday. And I was telling Benny at the beginning of the, before we went on the air, he had two uh, other birdie putts on the back nine yesterday that just didn't go in by a hair and uh, he would have had second place all to himself he ended up finishing uh tied for second uh, i think it was four strokes behind Stuart sink and kudos to Stuart sink uh, he's 47 now i think and uh, been a long time sort of looks like you yeah he's got a hairline sort of like mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, i haven't heard from him in a long time yeah. and I, I thought he was probably approaching 50 which is uh i guess it's 50 when they go to the seniors tour or whatever they you call know, it now. it's interesting he marks his golf ball with a cross he's he's a very hmm. strong christian and uh, marks a little blue cross on his golf ball and as they were showing his you know a lot of camera time on sync yesterday and, and he went to this one putt just stopped short of the hole i mean just one more turn that it would have gone in but it stopped right there and the camera had a close-up of his cross on his golf ball, so that was pretty neat. I didn't see that. Did they comment on it? The no, they comment? did not. Okay. They didn't. It's probably. A I didn't have, they didn't have a negative comment as mm-hmm. like MSNBC would have, but mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, CBS that was covering it. So uh, kudos to uh, Harold Varner the third. Yeah, Harold Varner. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, great on the course, but all, what an off the course. Oh, he is a great guy. Off the course ambassador yeah. for East Carolina. Yes. I mean, t- and, you know, when this whole Black Lives Matter first started erupting, he wrote an excellent article. I think, the, was it the Sports Illustrated that ran it? There was um, one in SI, and I think it was one in Golf, golf Digest. Golfing World or yeah, Golf yeah. Digest or something. Very, very sound, well-thought-out comments, and you know, he just he loves everybody. Um, I have a good friend who is was actually on the golf team with Harold when he was at ECU, and I've I've primed the pump to see if we can get Harold on the program later this week. We'll see if we can do that. I, I've met him. I did not. I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but I have met him. But um, I know someone that that knows him quite well, and says he he is what you see. He's a very oh, good, yeah. genuinely good person. I actually got to play a couple of rounds with him. I played wow. at, at, at one one of the back when he was at ECU as a as a pirate. Mm. Uh, they had a fundraiser for the golf teams and. Uh, 
Press McFall, who was the coach at that point, put uh, Harold on our team, which was uh, <laughs> that kid can hit it. Woo, he can hit it. Uh, I, I mean, he is he is a long knocker. But yesterday, he was just hitting darts into the uh, greens. Well done. By the way, uh, just a little personal story. We uh, our, our family is looking to purchase another firearm, and we were uh, looking. Uh, first of all, there, there are no fi- – the, the, the one we're looking for, we're going to have to keep going back until it comes in because these things are just being – the one we want is in high demand, and they're just being snatched up. But we were talking to somebody over at Academy Sports. They get ammunition in twice a week, and it often comes in Saturday night in the middle of the night, and they restock. Mm. They said that there was a line completely around the perimeter of the store wow, mm. waiting to get in to buy ammunition. Within five minutes, they're sold out. Hmm. That is, and thank you, Joe Biden. The one thing that you have done really well, as you did, as your predecessor uh, Barack Hussein Obama did, is you've increased gun sales better than any Republican ever could. <laughs> yeah, I think a good sign. One of the gun manufacturers. This has been a few months ago. Uh, one, I just happened to go to their website to um, look up some information. <laughs> And there, I mean, it opens up their website said we are hiring. Yeah. So I mean, I've never seen that before. Now, so. well, I mean, we're fairly intelligent people. Why didn't we buy Smith and Wesson stock? You know, right as soon as we heard that Joe Biden was declared the winner. I mean, I, I, it'd be interesting to go back and look and see what their their stock has done. Uh, it was an interesting weekend. But who did you say we had, Clark? Oh, Mike. 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 Oh, Mike. Mike. Mike from Newburn. Hold on, Mike from Newburn. We'll we'll get to you in a little bit. Um, the Gateway pundit and and then other media outlets are reporting this as well. Um, wow, what a what an interesting weekend at the White House. the The former Prime Minister, when the he came to meet Donald Trump at the White House, and I don't think that was the first um, meeting of a foreign dignitary, head of state, but Donald Trump was right there at the front door, waiting to greet the former prime minister. Over the weekend, the new prime minister, Japanese prime minister, Yoshihai Suga, I think I got that pretty close, came to the White House, and nobody's there. (laughs) (laughs) He comes to the front door, and nobody is there. I mean, you had the, the armed guard, I guess it was Marine, and I mean, and the ring standing at attention. I mean, he, you know, what is he said? Well, let me see if I can go get somebody to call. I mean, he's standing at attention. There is, I mean, there is nobody there. Um, mm. Biden never did show up. Finally, I, I guess you knock on the door and wait for the maid to come in. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's bizarre. They were probably trying to find President Biden. He was probably in the Rose Garden picking flowers or something. But, but, but this is the first head of state. <laughs> the first head of state. The first time, and they blow it. And you know, it's really interesting. The, the Gateway Pundit made a comment, and I thought, wow, this is, this is really interesting. All the rhetoric about how shameful the United States is. And by the way, as soon as Kamala Harris finally did get down to greet the prime minister, <laughs> yeah, the first 
two minutes she spends bashing the United States. I'm speaking. The, but Biden was Where nowhere to be found. Where did she get down from? I don't know. Oh. I mean, she doesn't live at the White House, right? I don't mm. know. <laughs> I mean, she's probably having a yuck-yuck session, the laughing hyena. Can you imagine if Donald Trump did not show up for... Well, remember, what, we remember Barack Obama uh, basically you know, ditched uh, Benjamin Netanyahu from oh, Israel, yeah. mm-hmm. left him sitting there for an hour and 45 minutes while he went and had dinner. But I think this was just incompetence. But and I started to say is the left is constantly bashing the United States about how terrible we are to Asian Americans. <laughs> and here you have the prime minister of Japan show up and nobody's there to even say boo to the guy. I bet Jen Psaki will not be asked a question about that. I'll circle back on that one. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. <laughs> By the way, um, the laughing hyena Kamala Harris was in North Carolina today. <laughs> she uh, was up in Greensboro on High Point. Um, she is pushing the Biden administration infrastructure plan. And uh, she was she stopped by Thomasville buses and uh, Guilford Technical Community College to talk about how wonderful the plan was. The Washington Examiner last month talked about the infrastructure plan, and indeed there is about $600 billion that is going to transportation infrastructure. But again, this is a is $2 trillion, I think, is the total package. And um, he uh, a bunch of it is going for other things other than your traditional infrastructure. You've got social infrastructure. Um, they're putting money to that. They're putting big money to unions. They're putting uh, money to environmental justice. That's uh, climate change, fancy word for climate change. Keep changing the rhetoric, changing the wording, so you, you basically can fool the people as much as you can. Um, they're going to spend money to advance racial equality. Uh, they're going to spend nature-based infrastructure. Not sure what that is, but we'll spend a few billions on that. Uh, child care is a part of infrastructure. They're talking about $400 billion for care infrastructure, which would be for young people and old people. Uh, then we've got $40 billion on housing infrastructure. Um, we'll dedicate $100 billion to expanding broadband network and $213 billion for housing improvements, and um, we'll spend a bunch of that on redoing subsidized housing that uh, is in need of repair, according to Joe Biden. Yeah, we've got a good new definition of infrastructure. Under oh, yeah, Biden you heard plan. that last week? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Amazing. Paul Mueller, who is an associate professor of economics up at the uh, King's College in Manhattan, uh, he wrote an interesting article, and, and this is not really new news, but I thought he put it in a real concise way. I figured you'd like this being the the uh, money guy that you are. Now, this is not – and again, we've got was – it, was it $2 or $3 trillion for the uh, infrastructure? 1.9, I think. 1.9, so it's almost mm-hmm. $2 trillion. Uh, But not to be confused with the 1.9 yeah, – A trillion here, a trillion there, he knows. Well, he's, you know, the 1.9 for the uh, COVID package, <clears throat> mm-hmm. right? Oh, okay. The infrastructure is four trillion. Then. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, we're talking about six trillion dollars. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. Just and, and you know, here's the thing about it: the average person out there, I, you know, I think 
the average person walking around with their head in the clouds, it's a, a, a trillion, a million, a billion. What difference does it make? It's just one letter. Sooner or later, you'll be talking about real money. Yeah. A trillion here, a trillion there. Yeah, I think it's $4 trillion. But when you look at the stimulus COVID plan, $1.9 trillion, um, you have got uh, – it, it's just – it's a bailout. I mean, again, it was about like 9% of it actually goes – to Americans to get a stimulus check. And that still amounts to a big chunk of money. I mean, 10% of uh, $1.9 trillion is still a lot of money. But uh, you have $350 billion. That is a massive bailout for irresponsible states and city governments. So the ones that were most responsible, states like California, they're going to get the biggest checks. Then you've got public sector union pension funds. They're making out like bandits. They will get $86 trillion from everyone in the country for, to, to subsidize pension plans that are running out of money, teachers, policemen, firefighters. And uh, he points out this is a, the equivalent of every man, woman, and child in the country contributing $260 to their pension funds. And, and it, look, you got to look at it that way. Somebody's got to pay this back. About $126 billion going to K uh, through 12 uh, grades for education. Um, perhaps unsurprisingly, a lot of this money is not going to be spent this year. And I think that's probably deliberate so they can spend it when election time comes around, right? Exactly. Um, then instead of feeling the cost of dramatic fiscal mismanagement, places like New York, California, and the uh, state of Washington will receive massive subsidies from the rest of the country. Democrats are basically experimenting with the idea of that national debt doesn't matter. Somehow, no matter how much we borrow or how quickly we borrow, there won't be any significant cost or consequences. The consequences of this bill, along with almost $4 trillion in stimulus spending, that's what we were just talking about, in uh, 2020 will be felt swiftly as restrictions and fears about normal economic activity recede. He says, and this is an economics professor, if we don't see a significant increase in inflation or in significant stagnation in the economy in the next year or two, I will need to seriously rethink how the economy works. <laughs> I thought he was going to say something. He will um, He will dance on the courthouse steps naked <laughs> if he doesn't see that. Uh, well, it, he, he probably uh, would be willing to do that as well. Uh, well, it, well, for anyone that that's in the business world that – um, you know, purchases various commodities and things. Uh, we see it. it's unbelievable what's happening to prices right now. Oh yeah, uh, across yeah. the board. Yeah. You name it. Precious and, metals, but mm -hmm. real estate. Mm -hmm. Real estate is going nuts. I just heard a story. I actually have heard two stories in the last couple of weeks where people were selling real estate. They put a price. Uh, the, the agent comes in and says, I think this is the price that's a fair price for you, and I think it will sell. And in both cases, uh, in one case, the house sold for 30% more than the real estate agent was asking. And the other case out in Colorado, I think it was about 40% increase. Yeah, it's practically like an auction now. Yeah. I mean, you, when you when – You put you, it out there, and, yeah. you, and, you, and people are putting bids in mm – -hmm. And as a part of the bidding process, they're also signing that, uh, and oh, by the way, if the house doesn't appraise for what my bid is, I have the cash to pay the difference. And that's the person that's getting the uh, wow. 
the the bids. Wish I had about a dozen to sell. Five six one eight two five five. I promise we'll get to your phone calls. We got to take a break first. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What a terrible idea. We're not packing it, we're unpacking it. Vice President Harris, who has yet to actually travel to the border. Not today. <laughs> they need to come down to me right now. Disperse from the area. What's unfolding in Minnesota? We are on fire. Infrastructure bill. This is a massive welfare spending program. Vaccines. What's happening in the pandemic? Clear information. It's news. What happens next happens here on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Take a quick look at your weather forecast. Uh, tonight, patchy fog, otherwise mostly clear, low around 46. Tuesday, some uh, fog early in the morning, otherwise sunshine with a high near 75. Sounds good to me. Tomorrow night, a low around 54 with clear skies. Wednesday, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible in the afternoon. Otherwise, sunshine high near 75. So all in all, not a bad. Good spring golfing weather. I love fishing. I love the weather when you wake up in the morning, you've got to put on a sweater or a sweatshirt, and then by the afternoon, you're in a golf shirt or a T-shirt. I love it. 561-8255. Let's go to Mike and Newburn, who has been very patiently waiting. Hey, Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, Mike. Hi, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, Good to hear from you. I got just a a couple things. Um, There seems to be a lady in Congress I, I use that term loosely, named Maxine Waters. Oh, that's my that, next story, uh, yes. Is, is, that is exciting and inciting riots in Minnesota if if a verdict in the uh, Derek Chauvin case doesn't come out the way they want it to, regardless of any evidence that, that's going on. And I seem to remember earlier this year that uh, the President of the United States was impeached for saying, hey, go peacefully, peacefully protest. And now we have uh, Maxine Waters, who's actually telling people to riot. Uh, my, my, Mike, hold, Mike, hold on a second. I want to play that audio. Do you have that um, audio, the, the, the one I sent you from Maxine? This is Maxine Waters and what she said Saturday night. Not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is, this is guilty. For murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not get, get what you just told. What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens... What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street. Uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we mean business. So, there you go, Mike. She wants to get more confrontational. Go to the streets, riot. And uh, what is the difference between, and, and the point you made, and you're absolutely right, um, what she said was infinitely more uh harsh inciting violent riot. inciting riots than than Donald Trump and you know committing a crime. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there 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 I use the term high crime and misdemeanor. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that that would be an impe- that would literally be an impeachable offense, but that's not going to happen. Um, do you have that other audio uh, Clark for that uh Okay. Uh, we've got we've got some other audio too because the other interesting thing about this Mike is apparently in the um the the trial of uh, Chauvin up in Minneapolis apparently his defense and we're just now I'm, I'm looking for the story now it just now is, is coming across apparently his defense has asked for a mistrial because of what Maxine Waters said look she has she said specifically it has to be first degree murder 
Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but there is no evidence anywhere to determine that Derek Chauvin premeditated the death of George Floyd. I think there, I, th- there, I, I think there, if he I think if Chauvin I think if the police officer's defense do not uh, get a mistrial on this, I, I think he's got a great opportunity to appeal it, which is rather ironic since Maxine Waters wants to see him get the electric chair, basically. Um, she very well could have it's, it's ruined irrelevant. the trial for the prosecutors. Well, they don't want justice. What they want is they want a lynching. They want to lynch Derek Chauvin. Yep. Just like when um, the, uh, the, uh, um, the Missouri case, Oh gosh, this just slipped my mind. The uh, young kid, the, 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 the young kid yeah, that, in Missouri, yeah, Brown. Brown. Uh, you talk. You talking about uh, yeah. Mike Brown? Mike Brown. Michael Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that case. They wanted to lynch it, regardless of what the evidence is. It's it's like they're let the system work. You know, but oh no, we can't do that. We want justice. No, you don't. You want the outcome that you want. Because you're angry. You know what's interesting? And and, and uh, you know, the other thing that's interesting about this, this. Mike, the other thing that's interesting about this, when Maxine Waters was flying in to be a part of this protest, she made sure that she had a police escort and protection oh, yeah. the entire time oh, she yeah. was there. Of course. The entire time. But you know what the really interesting thing about this is? It's all a lie. In 2019, there were nine black people, unarmed black people, shot by cops. Nine. This, yep. this, this whole entire narrative, it's a lie. Yeah. Um, Hans Bader um, wrote an op-ed in June of last year talking about that most that, that exact same thing, that this, this rhetoric by the left of how terrible police officers are. Uh, and he made, he made the point that you, you just made. Um, the the number of unarmed um, black men who are shot by police officers is less than half of the number of white men, unarmed men, that were shot by police officers. But the other point and he makes, too, is that the situation is such that a lot of these shootings are from black police officers. Yeah. And to your point, Mike, yeah, I, know, and I know you're quoting yeah. you're quoting the FBI statistics. I know I know the report that you're referring to, and the thing about it is we have elected officials, national elected officials, state elected officials, and national news media that they, they know the data, but, yeah. they, but they are— Refuse to report it. They are being dishonest, intentionally dishonest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. How, many, how many blacks have been shot by cops this year? Because there's been 150 police officers killed this year. Oh, listen— 150 the, police officers have died. But how many black men or women have been shot by police, uh, shot and killed by police this year? The because um, there's 150 cops that have been killed. Yeah, the, and then that happens over and over again. In fact, um, a, in, in 2015, a cop was 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black male than an unarmed black male was likely to be killed by a cop. And I, I don't want. Well, no. What I'm saying is that that just pretty much lines up with what you're saying. It's it's uh, it, it is not um, Benny. Oh, you've got Benny ready. Okay, all right. Okay. Oh, okay. you got his his quote. Uh, hold, hold on one second. Let, let me play. Uh, this is going back to the uh, 
the um, trial up in Minneapolis, the defense has asked for a mistrial, I believe. And this is this is the judge commenting on the uh, request for a mistrial. Okay, we'll work on that. Apparently, we don't have that ready yet. But the judge basically okay. said that oh. you can't you can't listen to you can't listen to what one congressperson says. Uh, and their opinion doesn't matter. I'm like, dang right, Judge. I agree with you. Her opinion doesn't matter about a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. But it does. I think it taints this jury because they've been Absolutely. listening to it. Yeah. There's no way the guy can have a fair trial. Yeah. Yeah. She's basically just ruling things for the prosecution, which I, I, well, I guess we last... should be happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, one Mike, we got, we got other phone calls. Go. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your oh, input. Got, Always got, good to hear one, from one you. One quick thing. Yes, sir. What, what firearm are you looking for? Well, I'm not going to say. Because I can probably track one down. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, get get your uh, number to our uh, producer, and uh, I'll, I'll get in touch with you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, brother. 561-8255. Let's go to Bath, and Josh is on the line. Hi, Josh. Hey, Josh. Hey there, guys. I, uh, I work in an industry in a sector that goes hand-in-hand with uh, real estate and construction and I get a really intimate understanding of what's going on in these types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, many storage uh, facilities have been unable to keep anything vacant since before the election even happened, um, and that is across pretty much all of North Carolina right now. Why do you think and, that is? And they're trying to build facilities. I think everybody is fleeing from other places and moving to North Carolina, thinking that it's a red state, and we're... We're kind of at the mercy of a blue governor right now. Interesting. And, and that, that sucks by itself. But here's the here's the complication that goes along with this. You guys were talking, and, and I'll go back to that point you were talking about with Mike uh, in just a second, but you had spoken before that about how uh, Biden was having an impact and a lot of these uh, congressmen and women and representatives are having an impact on the availability of uh precious metals and building materials mm-hmm. and they're taking mm-hmm. our tax money and spending it on things that don't do anything to help any of the average citizens. This is one of those places, one of those sectors where you're going to see that people are trying to move to here. There isn't enough availability of houses. So what do they do? They build as much as they can. The cost of building goes up because of the cost of materials. Materials were in scarce supply before the election. But but isn't it? I mean, I I I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of people are moving to states that are less restrictive. And even though we've got a Democratic governor, we've got a conservative legislature. But isn't this a national issue? I mean, I know there's certain states that people are fleeing, such as California and New York. But by and large, isn't uh, real estate going up across the nation? That would be my guess, except for those states where they're leaving and. That's where you're seeing California and New York, places like that, that are shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um, Lewis Rossman, um, that is heading up the uh, right to repair movement up in New York, is also doing a little bit of documenting on the the uh, just plummeting uh, the the plummeting value of any type of real estate in New York right now. Number one, because there aren't enough people to support the market, um, and then number two. They're overcharging, and that's that's where they're that's where they're going to get themselves. Is they're still wanting to maintain the same price on everything, even though the value is through the floor. 
Do you uh, think? And I, I do, worry about that here in North Carolina. Do you, well, do, I was going to ask you. Do you think this is a bubble? I mean, do you think this is going to burst like it did in two thousand and eight? I think this is a severe bubble, but I think it's a. It's not an autocorrect. This is not a artificial bubble. This is the true bubble. You're, what you're seeing right now is the, the the tail end of the whip of the inflation, and, and I really it, it worries me because we're the nuts and bolts of this. We're I work in that industry in the the storage industry, we're seeing the real estate people that are sending clients that, you know, they're having to try and store things. There are multiple different counties that have zero occupancy availability and have since before the election. Hmm. This lets you know that even in the middle of COVID, people were fleeing and trying to get anything they could. They're overpaying for houses. They're trying to get loans on values of property. They're going to sink back by as much as 50, even 75% once all this crap goes down, and they are literally going to have their lives come crashing down around them. Yeah. Same yeah. thing we saw in the housing bubble, and, and that worries me enough as it is, but Mike is exactly right. They're, they're lying, cheating, and stealing, and they haven't stopped doing it since before the election. It would be one thing if the people that are running this were asking for, you know, equal rights but they're not they're asking for extra rights oh yeah one thing if they're asking for everybody to pay their fair share they're not they're just wanting to take everything they can and then give any little bit back they can to ensure that they get enough votes to stay in power interesting stuff not about equal anything we've got to take a break thanks for your call and we'll have that audio as soon as we get back this is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right. Uh, by the way, we're talking about Maxine Waters and how she was, you know, having this violent rhetoric and uh, encouraging people to, to go out and basically give them you-know-what and riot and everything else if they don't get their way. And after she did that, there were people that fired upon the National Guard. Shot at the National Guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, what she has done is, I'm not an attorney, I'm not a judge, but it, figuratively and literally, I would think it's criminal. And uh, right now, it's just coming out that the judge said, Maxine, this is the judge in the case from um, Siobhan, uh, Derek Siobhan. Um, he's saying that Maxine Waters may have committed an appealable offense. Here's uh, here's the audio of what he said after that. A congresswoman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. Anyway, so motion for mistrial is denied. So that was the response to the appeal to dismiss the case, based on what Maxine Waters has said. Motion to uh, dismiss. dismiss the case. Yeah. But he basically said that. What she said makes it appealable. Appealable, yeah. yeah. So he's recognizing that you, mm-hmm. and, and this is the this is the sitting judge. So he is recognizing that he is going to deny it. But I, I think as best he could now recognize what would have happened. And, th- and this is so sad when your judicial system is making decisions based upon whether or not the crazies are going to burn down the city. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm afraid there's a lot of jurists. On that jury, uh, at least I'm sure there will be two or three of them that are torn. Like, hey. Hey, well, am I, are they going to get doxxed? Or yeah. is their house going to be burned mm-hmm. down? I mean, I mean, th- this this is 
This is no way to run a judicial system. But I think the judge also is, said, you know, cracked the door open saying uh, Maxine Waters committed a, an appealable offense. Well, I mean, you know, we're a constitutional republic of, of laws. We have a constitution. We don't rule by— Maxine doesn't know We that, don't rule but. by emotion and by, you know— uh, what the majority says of the mob, and that's that's and that's what she's doing. She's what, out exactly there what she's getting doing. the mob riled up, and proud of it. And this isn't the first time for her either. No, no, she's got a history of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you remember what uh, she said? You see, uh, you see a, a, a Trump supporter or somebody in the Trump administration. You go get in their face. Yep, she's done this for years. Uh, on Maxine Water, Nancy Pelosi said, "No, nah, she didn't do anything wrong." No, no, I don't think she should apologize, Pelosi said earlier today. One's as senile as the other, I think. <laughs> One's as pretty as the other. Yes. <laughs> Take that both ways. <laughs> um, the president, Jen Psaki, said the president, well, he recognizes that, uh, you know, the issue of police violence against people of color, you know, that's something we've got to deal with, but they can't, they can't riot. He's nowhere to be found. No. Mm-hmm. He is, I, I've said this before. There is an old Star Trek show where the leader of this country is uh, brain dead. <laughs> and they, they prop him up behind this screen. And, oh, man. <laughs> and they, they basically have old speeches that they use, and they move his lips more or less. But he's, a, he's a, literally in a coma, but they've got him propped up to keep this planet following his orders yeah i think about the week the movie weekend at bernie's back in the 80s or 90s you know and uh i mean what are we talking about yeah bernie had the uh he had the aviator glasses and all just like joe biden does and he's (laughs) basically an empty suit yeah i mean why does he does he wear the aviator glasses i mean i obviously wants to he's cool to look right he's cool he's joe cool he's He's a cool guy he's joe cool yeah he is a sick puppy Figuratively and literally, uh, Mr. President. Uh, by the way, uh, PJ Media is reporting Joe Biden's presumptive ambassador to China is a guy named Nick Burns. He is a former advisor to a consulting firm employing Chinese Communist Party officials, a board member of a Harvard University program, collaborating collaborating with China's military and contributing to Chinese state-run media outlets. Burns served as a senior counselor at the Cohen Group, a consulting firm founded by Bill Clinton-era Defense Secretary Bill Cohen. The Cohen Group works closely with former Chinese Communist Party officials, and many consultants are active in various D.C.-based China lobbying groups. What's more, the group has participated in an advisory program working with an entity sanctioned by Trump for human rights abuses against Uyghurs in China. They're the Muslims and Uyghur, the uh, Uyghur Muslims in China. Um, and this is who Biden wants to put as our ambassador to China. I mean, basically, he's right there with the, with the commies. You know, the China connections are deep. And I, yeah, I was so busy last week, I didn't get a chance to catch all the shows. But I don't know if you talked about it or not. But Mark Levin last week on his show um, that comes on at 9 on, on this station talked about um, Joe Biden's tax return, something that we talked about way before the election. Right. Of, you know, Joe Biden always bragged about, you know, Donald Trump won't release his tax returns. I've released all of mine. But it didn't, it really didn't release any information on where he's getting 12 to $14 million a year from these corporations that he owns. And, and that timeline coincides exactly with the Tony Bobulinski 
timeline. Hmm. So our, our our news media is not doing their job. No, no, um, no. they'll do it for Donald Trump, but yeah. not not for not for the, those China those China connections run deep, and uh, it, sooner or later it'll come out. By the way, to that end, there is a. Uh, I did want to mention this too. Scotty Pippen's son, thirty three year old son, passed away very wow. suddenly. Yeah, yeah. I I know that's totally off the the track of what we're talking about, but I just going through my piles here. I, of, of stories, and I didn't want to mention that. Um, he said, I'm heartbroken to share that uh, yesterday I said goodbye to my firstborn son, Antron. Uh, the two of us shared a love for basketball. We had countless co- uh, conversations about the game. Antron suffered from chronic asthma. Now, he didn't say how the young man died, but 33 years old, so uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Scotty Pippen's uh, family. Mm. But uh, talking about... Um, the uh, the way the the cable networks and for that mean the mainstream media treated Donald Trump and now is, is treating uh, Joe Biden. Um, there is a survey out from the Media Research Center in the first year of Donald Trump's presidency. The three big cable TV networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, unleashed a barrage of negative attacks on the president. According to Media Research Center, the legacy media networks hammered Trump with eighty nine percent negative coverage. Yet, in the first few months of Biden's uh, presidency, the coverage has flipped. ABC, CBS, NBC evening newscasters show Biden with 59% positive coverage. According to an MRC analysis published today, MRC analyzed the network's 726 minutes of Biden from January 20th through April 9th, a paltry amount of the 1,900 minutes the network spent slamming Trump during the same time period in 2017. That probably explains CNN's ratings are so bad, too. Yeah, they've I mean, gone through it, the floor. It's been you know, nonstop Trump yeah. hating. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Riding shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Well, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back. Tom and Benny and Clark with you. And... Uh, just coming across the wire, the U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, he was the one that they said after the January 6th riots that he died because somebody hit him in the head with a uh, fire extinguisher. Um, not so. The uh, D.C. Medical Examiner's Office confirmed today, ending speculation, that he was beaten to death by pro-Trump rioters, which has been the narrative by the mainstream media. And by the way, it'll still be the narrative tomorrow. Francisco Diaz, the chief medical examiner for Washington, D.C., told the Washington Post that Sicknick died January 7th after suffering from two strokes. He did not suffer from an allergic reaction after being sprayed with chemical irritants as he engaged with rioters, Diaz said. Hmm. Once again, the mainstream media's narrative, the fake news, got it wrong. So I wonder what happened to the two people that the federal government charged with spraying him with bear spray. The other thing, too, is I'm sure there were irritants in the Capitol that day, but how many of them very well could have been shot off from police officers? Mm -hmm. You know, interesting thing, I'll uh, I'll do a little research, unofficial research tonight of, will this story be on anything other than fox news and news and views with tom and Benny. yeah <laughs> i bet you will not see it in, i mean no i mean, I mean that's that, what i'm saying they'll they'll continue the narrative why why should they change now I they, mean, don't, I, they don't give a hoot about the truth of everything else has happened today 
I mean, other than the George Floyd trial, this ought to be at least number two or three in every yeah. every news organization. The anarchy by which the left is running is mind-boggling, and the mainstream media is just delighted to carry on, carry the water for them. By the way, interesting story out of San Francisco. The Epic Times is reporting nearly three times as many people died from accidental drug overdoses in San Francisco in 2020 than from coronavirus. A total of 713 people died from drug overdoses in the city compared to 255 who died from the coronavirus. Uh, you know, with with all now, look, I'm not saying the coronavirus wasn't there, but with all the craziness and all the screaming and all the rhetoric from the left and from Anthony Fauci, <laughs> could we please look at some of these other issues that are out there? I mean, in San Francisco, three times as many people died from drug overdoses. Why aren't you concerned about that, Fauci? You know, something I'd be interested to see, I don't know if they keep this data, but, uh, you know, when the when the CDC changed the standards that uh, determine a positive COVID test, basically early on uh, the, the standard was too low. Right, right, right. Um, I'd like to see the data on that. Okay, let's let's go backwards with the new standards. And, and how many people how many, actually were? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good question. Because, I mean, you, you, there are people that just had colds that probably with those higher standards. And some of those deaths, um, COVID, COVID-related deaths or COVID-labeled deaths, with those low standards of a positive COVID rate, <laughs> is that now not a COVID death? Good question. That data's got to be there. Yeah. If they wanted to know. They don't want to yeah. know. By the way, there is a, a special election coming up in Texas' 6th Congressional District. Indeed, it Susan Wright, who is the widow of Ron Wright, who won last fall and passed away of COVID back in January. Fairly young guy. I think he was in his 40s. Mm-hmm. But now they've got the special election going on. And the the wife of Ron Wright is is leading in the polling right now amongst Republicans. But there's I think there's a total of like 23 from Democrats and Republicans running for the seat. So they're going um, bonkers. But when the Free Beacon did a poll on who they thought they would win, they also asked a question considering considering the um, cognitive skills of uh, Joe Biden. And uh, according to the poll, 38% of registered voters in the district said Biden is likely suffering from dementia or some other cognitive ailment. Another 15% said they don't know or refuse to answer. So the two, those those numbers work out to a majority of 53% of voters were either unwilling, well, let's put it this way, they were unwilling to buy into the White House narrative surrounding the uh, the cool Joe aviator glasses, I'm okay um, rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's okay, all right. Hey, listen, thanks for being with us. We've got a whole week to go. We'll be back tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.